This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. We have someone today who is a leading voice in theology and psychology. Dr. Ramesh Patni, OBE, is currently teaching at the Chinmaya University. He holds three master's degrees and has a doctorate from the Oxford University. He's also a trustee and the vice president of the Chinmaya Mission UK. He's vice president of the Hindu Forum Britain, and he is a leading, highly sought after counselor, and he is a psychotherapist. Here's something that really stayed with me. The present moment which you are experiencing down is your present, your gift, the gift of your life. And if you are able to stay in the present, you can enjoy this gift of presence with your experience and you are able to make the most of it. In other words, remaining in the present moment means to be fully aware and fully present to yourself and the world around you. So, Dr. Patni, in the context of our topic today, what is mental well-being to you? So, mental well-being or psychological well-being really is, on the one hand, it's thinking about how do you deal with the normal stresses of life? So, we are all going through stress one time or the other, and sometimes the stress is so enormous, like what we experience in the lockdown, that challenges can create so much stress. So are you able to cope with those kind of stress? That's one thing. The other part of it is that uh, are you able to reach your own potential? So the two things when we look at it together, on the one hand, it's about coping with stress, but on the other hand, potentializing your own sense of who you are, what you can achieve, how you can achieve, and being productive in life and to be able to make a positive contribution to your family, to your friends, to the community, etc. So this is what it means. And we know that, you know, during the lockdown, there was a lot of challenges which uh, people were facing. And we can imagine that, you know, what it, the consequences it had in terms of our own lives. So, for example, there was a great uncertainty What's going to happen tomorrow? Lockdown one minute, the locking out of the other minute, and then locking back again. And a lot of uncertainty about even whether I'm going to get it or not. And, and then remember that people have lost lives. Imagine those people who lost lives and their families and, and how it affected them as well. It was a tremendously grieving time for these people. Social isolation, economic, technical challenges, all kinds of personal challenges were coming. So it had a lot of stress on people's mind. Were we able to cope with it or not? This is called mental well-being. That's lovely. I know there was uncertainty, but why do you think it had the effect it did on mental health? And why do you think it tested people the way it did? Were we doing something mm-hmm. wrong with our lives that mm-hmm. we could not cope with that uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not about doing anything wrong. It's the way in which we are in our life in our normal circumstances. So under normal circumstances, we are able to cope with the ordinary challenges of life. But then what happens is that when the pressure gets higher and higher and higher, 
it tests us to the limit. In other words, it's not just about coping, but it's also about resilience, how resilient you are, so that even when you're stressed, you're able to come back to some kind of normality, or you are able to function even in the face of big challenges. So in other words, what I'm saying is that, you know, we have all got coping mechanisms of coping with life, coping with situations, emotional coping, physical coping as well, and so on. The question is, are these coping mechanisms adequate enough for us to then use in these times of challenges? Some of us have got weak coping mechanisms, others have got strong ones. And the whole idea in mental well-being is that to be able to develop and cultivate these skills in our lives so that even when challenges come, they, we are able to cope with it. So given <clears throat> that the world is changing so much, you're talking about coping mechanisms. Some of us have strong ones, some of us are weak ones. But mm -hmm. given that mm -hmm. people, as you said, have lost loved ones, we know that mm -hmm. people are still mm -hmm. not back at work. Some are mm, still mm, worried about mm, their health. People have financially mm, suffered. How mm. would you suggest we cope with the uncertainty going forward today and going forward? Two things which I spoke about just now is that how do we actually build up our resistance to or to cope with stress? That's one part of it. The other part is how can we become more resilient in terms of, uh, you know, the kind of way in which we recover from some of the shocks which have really come during the COVID. And lives, people, you know, people have experienced real shocks in their lives, losing job, losing lives mm -hmm. in their family, friends, etc. Two things we need to consider. How do we go about looking at our own lives, looking at our own selves and saying, asking ourselves this very important question. Are my mechanisms of coping good enough for me to done, continue my life moving forward with whatever I need to do in terms of resolving all these challenges through my uh, belief, my attitude, my actions, how can I do that? That's number one. Number two is how can I develop long-term resilience so that even if the shock comes next time, then I know that I've got this resilient uh, self which is able to cope with all these things. And then we need to think about, okay, what is it which I must do in order to develop these things, isn't it? So there are the practical questions as to yes. what can I do to, to yes. do that. So, so first of all, are we able to recognize stress? Okay. Some people don't even recognize. See, if I tell you, are you feeling stressful just now? You will say, but what do you mean by that? What am I feeling? But generally, I think people recognize that I'm feeling some stress. So first thing is to recognize stress. Uh, and, and there are many different ways in which we can try to understand it. Number one is to think about the physical aspect of stress. There is this heartbeat which starts increasing as soon as you think of uh, being challenged by something. This blood pressure goes up. You know, you feel very agitated. You feel as if, you know, something is wrong, something is wrong. Uh, you can be sleeping less because now you've been stressful throughout the day, you can't even sleep because you're constantly kind of thinking about it. You eat maybe even more or less sometimes. Somebody may start drinking or smoking just to cope with it because of that physical difficulty. Mentally, 
you know, you start making mistakes, you become more confused, you forget things, you make, you know, you avoid making decisions, etc. And, you know, you have this crisis, you begin to get anxious about everything. Emotionally, you know, that anxiety, irritability, rapid uh, swings of the mood, all these are ways in which we can detect stress in our lives. So first thing is learn how to detect stress and also to admit to yourself that, yes, I am actually in a state of stress. I need to do something about it. So then it means that, okay, stress is there. So there are two things here. Are you able to cope with the stress? And if you are coping with stress, then what is it that you are doing? Or if you are not able to cope with the stress, then, of course, it will lead to distress you will start getting distressed. So here's the stress in my life. I've come across a uh, you know, challenging situation and therefore that distress then begins to develop as a state of anxiety, that I become anxious, that all the time very anxious about something because I'm having this fear that you know, some kind of panic attack. Sometimes people get these phobias about various different things. People get uh, you know, OCD obsessive compulsive disorder it begins to manifest like that you see the stress is then becoming kind of uh, expressing itself in these various different ways as anxiety on the other hand then people begin to express um, or experience distress in terms of depression so on the one hand you can be stressed and you can go into a state of anxiety or you kind of uh, experience stress and that distress becomes depression. So on the one hand, if you are not able to cope, then it becomes distressing, anxiety, depression begins to arise. And some people actually then go into unhealthy ways of coping. Now, what does it mean unhealthy ways? Because I'm feeling the stress. What do I do? I take out my bottle of whiskey. Chocolate. I eat chocolate. Or my chocolate. There you are. So people have got these ways of coping with stress. I'm feeling stress. I need to open the fridge and get some food out. Or I don't feel like eating. I'm going to have a drink. And mm. that means that you're not actually dealing with the problem as such. You are just kind of reducing the symptom for the time being. Now, why do you eat chocolate? Is because you feel comforted by the chocolate. And that comfort is a temporary solution for you to say, okay, now I'm feeling better. But that is an unhealthy way of coping with it. But it means that there are healthy ways of coping, mm -hmm. which means that use the skills which you have developed to cope with stress. And there are many ways in which you can which you can do that. And, you know, we can talk about that as well as to, yeah, what, what are you supposed to be doing? And remember, what is the most important element of you as a person is your mind. It is all in the mind. So it begins in the mind or it can begin even the body, but really speaking, the mind is the one which is going to be able to uh, manage the stress. So we know that, you know, the mind is connected to a sense of who we are, our individuality, our sensations in the body, perception, and a deeper, you know, subliminal layers which come into this kind of experience. So all this together, the mind is the kind of processor. So which means that it is through the mind that we are going to be able to cultivate some of these qualities which, which are to do with <clears throat> healthy coping. Healthy coping means 
that you are managing the mind in the best way possible with the best kind of solution and it becomes solution focused and therefore you do something about it and therefore you're coping with it in a healthy manner. So that very beautifully takes us to my next question. Can you actually give us some tips, something that we can actually physically, you know, do ourselves to cope when we get to that situation? Because, you know, very often there's panic, there's anxiety. And yeah. then, like you said, you know, once you recognize it, sometimes it's already quite late. We've that's already right. gone that's into right. anxiety or that's depression right. or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. So the so first thing is to, you know, absolutely recognize it. That's the first tips. If you kind of recognize that you're feeling stressed, then what you've got to do is to realize where this stress is coming from, to recognize that there is a trigger which is making me to be stressed. Now, you know, it may be something which is absolutely, of course, it's connected to your life, but there are certain aspects of your life which are triggering of this stress response. And we can kind of respond to that in, in many different ways. Like I was saying, healthy, unhealthy coping. So first thing is to realize when stress is causing a problem. And like you said, that, you know, sometimes we leave it and say, okay, no, no, it's going to go away, but it doesn't go away. Then we get into a state of anxiety or depression. So recognize, realize that you have a problem with, with some kind of situation. And then secondly, to identify the causes for this particular stress, which is arising. Try to identify the underlying causes. So, you know, what is it which is causing? For example, if somebody is having a, a problem in a relationship within the immediate family, your significant other, your spouse or your friend or whatever it is, then you recognize that there is something about this relationship which is causing me the stress. And therefore, you try to find out what is it about this relationship which is causing stress to me, anxiety to me, or making me feel depressed. And therefore, you then try to find out the solution to that. You know, how to deal with stress in, in terms of that is to find a practical solution, to give it time and to give it focus, to give it attention. If you are able to release that anxiety in your mind or to, you know, create the balance in your mind through coping with it by thinking about it, reflecting about it, talking about it to your friend, for example, and then finding a solution in which you feel comfortable and the other person feel comfortable as well. So there are many different ways in which you can do that. The third thing is that you need to kind of review your lifestyle. Basically, it is a bigger kind of issue within which, you know, this stress is happening. It is how do you live your life? Uh, are you taking on too much in your life? Maybe you're doing, you know, 100 different things and uh, the stress begins to arise because there is a demand which is placed on your time and effort and energy. And there is a kind of... Um, coping. Are you able to cope with that demand or not? And people often feel that you're not, they are not able to cope with the demands which are placed on them. Think about the whole of your lifestyle, looking at your life holistically and seeing where the imbalances are and therefore not only provide solutions to specific issues which are causing stress, but to look at the whole lifestyle and see you know, where are the weaknesses within my whole lifestyle in terms of your living, your nutrition, your food, you know, your relationship, your social support system, your social network, your family relations. All these are really very important for you to think about. This is Anshu Bahanda. 
You can find our podcast Wellness Curated on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. There are specific things which which I can mention that you can do is to uh, how to positively maintain mental health on the one hand and how to be cultivating your uh, coping skills as it were okay so i mentioned about the coping skills as to how you can do that the whole idea of lifestyle changes and and the way in which you make meaning about your life find purpose in life that gives you long term resilience is that you are, if you're focused in your life you know what you like you what your passion is and you follow that and you say to yourself life is full of meaning for me and therefore i've got the energy i've got the mental energy i've got this kind of positiveness about me which is making me to face all the challenges and even if obstacles come in my way because i've got a very clear idea about my meaning and purpose and values that i can shift through this and i can meet the challenges and i can remove the obstacles and i can work with problems which arise in my life so that is a kind of way in which we can begin to develop resilience so look at your life look at your lifestyle look at your sense of meaning purpose values and begin to come make it come together in such a powerful way that life becomes absolutely beautiful for you to live and when that happens you know you want to get up very early in the morning and start doing things why because <laughs> there is some meaning and purpose to my life so that is developing resilience right and 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 of course uh, the positive aspects we can also talk about is what are the positive ways in which you can begin to uh, create this mental health mental well-being uh, in yourself so as i was saying meaning purpose values having a passion for things number 1 become creative in your life creativity is can be a big boost for your sense of who you are self esteem creative in terms of yourself your work your workplace your relationships and it also helps us to feel less stress because when you are engaged in doing something creative like you know that you are a very creative person you deal with artists and people you know how much that contributes to your sense of well being right that's number one number two is that you need to think about i want to actually learn something new because i have seen a meaningful way of being engaged with life and this is something fascinating and you be curious about it you want to engage with it and that occupies your mind it engages it in a positive way because you're learning something new so look for things which you can learn something it may be something very simple you know how to draw a face for example drawing and sketching mm. it can be a wonderful thing to do that number 3 be active in your life physical regular exercise can be it can it has been shown physiologically it alters the chemistry of the brain when you do exercise and when you have that kind of uh you know mood and confidence which comes out of doing exercise and it helps you to feel better to be able to say to yourself i'm feeling very good because i've done this exercise now so that's another way and then of course our nutrition food be careful how you kind of eat or drink and that can also increase our energies there are very good uh, energetic foods as you know that you know uh, eating healthy also co- contributes to a healthy mind and of course there's a whole philosophy behind it and maybe some day we can talk about it. but really speaking eating healthy and then you have to think about um 
are you getting enough sleep? Sleep mm-hmm. is very important because it kind of has this tremendous resetting of the mind and the brain. And so that if you have a good night's sleep, you know the difference between a good night's sleep and a bad night's sleep. And when you wake up in the morning feeling energetic because you've had a good sleep, you feel rested, you feel calm, and you are able to face the challenge of the day. Again, another contributor to mental health. And and finally, you know, just, just try to get hold of things which you enjoy doing. The longer you're happy throughout the day, and it could be something very simple, looking out of the window and looking at nature, looking at the tree and looking how it changes over the seasons and, you know, connecting to nature, for example. Some people find that absolutely amazing and enjoyable. Going out for a walk by yourself, walking mindfully on the path, looking at the trees, looking and and smelling and seeing and feeling your body, you know, walking. Wonderful. Just a simple thing of going out for a walk. Enjoy the things which you do, healthy things which you enjoy doing. And that becomes, you know, some very kind of supportive way of having this positive mental health. So you're saying for positive mental health, just very quickly summarizing it, you said, be creative with your life in mm-hmm. you know find do some learn something new look at nutrition look at sleep engage yes. with nature that's right that's right so Absolutely. those are five Absolutely. sort of simple tools that you yeah can... simple tools which everybody can engage you see anshu it's not it's not difficult to maintain our mental health and you know in case as we know that some people are not able to cope, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but that means that you should get professional support as well, in the sense that if you're feeling anxious and you're unable to cope with that or depression, then don't fear to go to a specialist, do a professional who can support you, who can help you during this time. And, and, you know, to give you the support enough for you to then start functioning on your own. There are people there, professionals, and I do that myself. You know, I do counseling and psychotherapy and I meet, you know, clients who have, you know, become really very anxious or very depressed about things. And slowly by slowly, we work through whatever needs to work through. And then we kind of think about what we are doing uh, and what, uh, you know, the person wants to achieve, make different choices in their life. Like the choices which we mentioned about five or six different ways of being in the world and therefore then what it happens is that you know the the client slowly begins to come to terms with their lives to adjust according to this kind of reflective thinking which they've done with the counselor and then they go out and are able to face the world on that note about two years ago i'd asked you a question and it was something very simple you said which really helped make a difference where i i had asked you how give me an easy way to keep coming back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just mm-hmm. talk about that so they can yes. help others? And it yes. was something so simple, but we forget, right? As human yes, beings. Yes, just... yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, the reason why we want to be in the present moment, because that is the moment of power. The present moment which you are experiencing down is your present, your gift. Yes. The gift of your life. And if you are able to stay in the present, you can enjoy this gift of presence with your experience and you are able to make the most of it. In other words, remaining in the present moment means to be fully aware and fully present to yourself and the world around you. 
-hmm. How to train to do that yourself? Just focus on your breathing. Breathe in, breathe out. Just take a one minute to focus on your breathing and that brings you immediately into the present moment. And remember, we are breathing ever since the time we were born. It is something so close to us, always available. I don't have to go and look out for a special place or a special thing or a special image, something which is always with me. I can get connected to that. And that allows me to come right into the present moment, feel present myself to myself and the world. And this is such a beautiful gift to have, to be remaining in the present moment with full awareness, with full confidence, with full experience of whatever is going on. Yes. And, you know, it sounds very simple. And we all say, I remember when you told me that I'm thinking to myself, of course, I breathe. I do my pranayams. But it's just remembering that through the day. That's right. And the That's breathing right. that you do through the day, you just come back to yourself That's and to right. the present moment. It's been That's so helpful. Everybody tries it. And, you know, as many times during the day that you come back to this present moment, it becomes a beautiful moment to be with, to be exploring. And, of course, you know, that means that we have kind of gone through this cultivating this, you know, uh, coping mechanism. We have cultivated resilience. And then you are able to enjoy with full meaning, with full purposeless in your life. And you have this tremendous kind of enthusiasm, energy to be alive, to be doing things. That's wonderful. So my last question to you, do you have any advice before we wrap up? My simple advice is, you know, we look so much after the body. Every day we wash it and prepare it and, you know, clothe it in the best way possible, do the same thing with your mind. Look after your mind and do something every day which is going to make you to be a resilient person who is able to cope with all these challenges. And we've given many tips for that today. And therefore, my advice, look after the mind as much as you look after the body. And this means doing something every day which is going to make you mentally well, mentally healthy, and to be able to enjoy your life. Thank you so much, Dr. Patni. That was such an enlightening chat. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.